and welcome to my podcast wellness with sylvie i just want to say a massive thank you to all my subscribers my listeners my followers and to all the suggestions the likes and the shares that you have shared with me we had a special episode last week where i interviewed my very good friend danny who is um into the wellness industry and has been sharing his knowledge with a couple of people he's been uh, mentoring and coaching, a couple of younger people he's been mentoring and coaching. And we had a great conversation. And for the first time, I broke my record of the number of listens, and I am over the moon because of this. So I've decided that I'm going to be having a couple of special episodes every season where I interview industry experts or people who have a lot of experience. So with that said, we shall dive into today's topic where we resume the conversation or rather the chat that we were having, the advice that I was giving and my experience doing the Yoganuary 30-day challenge coupled with a 21-day abundance meditation challenge from Deepak Chopra. So I'm going to condense uh, day four, five, and six of the yoga challenge here. And I'm also going to give you a bit of background into um, some, some knowledge about the different kinds of yoga based on the fact that the way the yoga is structured, um, it has some reference to this. So day four... Day four was all about vinyasa flow. Now, for those of you who do not know what this is, it's vinyasa is also called flow. And this is because of the smooth way that the poses run together and is one of the most popular contemporary styles of yoga. And it's a broad classification that encompasses many different types of yoga, uh, including ashtanga, if you've heard of ashtanga, uh, and power yoga. So what is vinyasa? Vinyasa stands in opposition to hatha yoga, Hatha tends to focus on one pose at a time with rest in between. In contrast, flow classes string poses together and to make a sequence. So that sequence may be fixed. Um, as in Ashtanga, where the poses, they're always done in the same order. But most of the time, vinyasa teachers have the discretion to arrange the progression of poses in their own ways. So I teach vinyasa um, and Vinyasa is, is really, really interesting because I get to really just reinvent the wheel or I get to just play around with moves and I get to theme my practices based on the different um, poses that I want to incorporate there. And so you have a lot of discretion to, to change things up and make it more interesting. And this is why I like teaching this kind of yoga. Um, so for people who are interested in doing a bit of vinyasa i recommend you start with this yoganuri challenge because she really does take you through it's quite a it's heavy it's it's movement intensive and you start to understand that there's a sequence towards this and it's about matching your breath with your movement and this can be a good challenge for you um especially if you're trying to get better in terms of your understanding your prana during your your yoga so day five was all about yoga for the hips. So, you know, I like the fact that she was also trying to just target specific areas because um, it helps to open up um, your hips and that allows for a better workout in yoga because there's a lot of what hip work when we're doing yoga um, and especially if you're building up towards more advanced practices like if you want to get into crow pose um, if you want to be able to do a wide-legged yoga um, wide-legged yoga what do you call it squat um, malasana 
and things like frog pose if you want to do straddle splits you name it and the thing is especially for women we carry a lot of tension in our hips so it's very good for us to sort of focus on this area um, in order to release the tension that we carry there and this can be very good for people who do have a lot of let's say um you know, for people who've got back pain or for people who have, um, you know, cramps, I've found that doing some hip stretches really helps to reduce the cramps, the pain of the cramps that I have um, during that time of the month. So what I liked about um, her day five yoga for hips is that um, I was sore the next day, but sore in a good way because I did feel more open and I felt as though I was just walking better and with better composure and with better um, posture. And uh, I just, I felt generally very, very relaxed. Even my sitting sort of improved and I just felt more open. Uh, it, it just made me feel a lot more relaxed and it, I realized how much tension we carried after that um, workout. And it's also because I am working, to, you know, I was working towards doing a straddle splits, which is really, really um, difficult to get into. And it really requires a lot of hip movement and hip stretching and really getting deeper into this and also understanding the part that your breath plays in this. So if you're somebody who's trying to get uh, more, more flexible hips or just trying to get more openness in the hip area, I recommend this. And I also recommend it for people who are trying to get into some deeper poses, into some more advanced flexibility um, poses. And one of the really, really good ones is frog pose. Now, when you see people doing it, it looks relatively easy, but it's actually quite challenging. Whereas many times in yoga, I've found that some of, the, some of the poses look very hard and they're a lot easier to get into. Straddle splits and frog pose and even standing splits, is I find them really difficult. I can do like the normal 180 splits where you're sort of facing the direction of your, of your front leg. But a straddle split is more like a 180 degree um, splits. So day six, moving on, was all about um, power yoga. And power yoga is a general term used to describe a vigorous fitness-based approach to vinyasa style yoga like we spoke about. So it incorporates the athleticism of Ashtanga, including um, you know, lots of series of poses done in sequence, but gives the teacher the flexibility to teach any poses in any order making every class different so sometimes i will mix up power yoga and vinyasa and sometimes it can be tough to tell the difference but i always mix it up okay so i liked the flow of <laughs> no pun intended i like the flow of day four five and six because they kind of complemented each other because you know you did a vinyasa flow which is a bit more relaxing then you, you you dove a bit deeper into your hips and then you went into a more cardio intensive or athleticism uh, athletic take on on yoga so i like that progression i must say i give her a thumbs up for that um, I will I will tell you though a little caveat is that you're gonna be sore your whole body will be sore um, for for two days or three days after you do this but keep going it's part of the challenge and do you know what I always tell people with a challenge it's good for you to really try and make sure that you you know you you try and hit um, a bent, a mark every single time or at least try and get onto your mat but 
it's not by force like it's a challenge right and in challenges we will face um, obstacles but it's about being able to say okay today I just was not in the, the headspace or my body was just not feeling up for this and you take a day break and you come back into it it doesn't mean that every single day of the 30 days you need to and force yourself to and then you'll feel like a failure if you don't so understanding your body Understanding your relationship to what this yoga challenge means to you and just not being too hard on yourself is really, really important. Okay, so day four, day five, and day six are all captured here. Um, Please, I do encourage you to check this out and to try it out and just give yourself some time to experience what it's like to get into a, um, a positive rhythm of doing yoga um, this can really help you improve your your relationship to your meditation and also your relationship to your physical exercise. Um, so, that said, let's move on to day three, four of the 21-day abundance meditation. So, day two was sort of following from day one. And what you were meant to do as part of the challenge is that you're supposed to make an itemized lips, uh, lips <laughs> list of all your debts. Um, and the challenge here is that, you know, for a lot of people, it would seem quite simple, but not to others. And in that list, you're supposed to include debts on bank accounts, uh, credit cards, loans, debts, debts to interv- individuals, court debts, all and any kind of debt that you can think of. Now, what I really like about day two's challenge is that it really forced you to be honest with yourself. We're living in a, in a country where there is so much access to, to microfinance and micro debt companies, um, some that are not even uh, regulated or listed, and there's also a lot of loan sharks out there. I know that the current youth really, really struggle with these debt because they're so easy to access. You can get into this perpetual debt rhythm and it's really hard to break, right? Because you're just like, okay, I borrowed this much. I'll just keep doing it. And it just becomes a repetitive cycle. And you get into a situation where you can't live without debt. So this meditation, uh, abundance meditation, it brings you to it brings you to the point, the crossroads, where you really get to face some of these tough realities about where you are in your life in relation to debt. So... Um, the challenge wasn't to write the amount, um, only to whom and for what. So for example, mortgages, car loan, a debt for a gift, a debt to a friend for lunch, uh, you name it. And then after you you wrote that list of debt, um, you're supposed to make a list of all your monthly payments. Again, without numbers, just listing them down. For example, it would be things like rent, electricity, gas, land tax, water, accountant, you know, gym membership, pedicure, hair, you name it, right? I think I've said you name it too many times. So anyway, <laughs> um, just just bear with me, guys. Uh, so that was what you were meant to do, coupled with listening to, to Deepak Chopra. So all of these, um, you know, the listening time, the actual meditation is within a span of, I would say, 10 to about 18 minutes. So it's really, really a short time. And it really is relaxing because there's always some lovely background music. Okay, so moving on. 
day three. So on day three, the reflection activity was in that same notebook. Um, you're supposed to draw notes, uh, coins, checks, stock, bonds, and any other means of payment, investment, and savings. So you see how there's a nice chrono chronology of what's happening. Um, day two was talking about the debt sharing. Here it's talking about um, basically the things that, you know, the things that help you to pay off that debt, whether it's salaries, your savings, investments. So you're supposed to draw these in terms of notes, coins, checks, stocks, bonds, whatever. So the challenge is to draw so much as to pay off all the debts and expenses you wrote down the day before. Um, you have the complete freedom to create and draw a solution as well. And to draw it in order to make it possible to pay for everything you need in the universe. And you're supposed to get imaginative and creative with this. Um, and you can use markers, felt-tip pens, pencils, paint even. And just, for example, you could draw like wads of money, bags of money, raining money, whatever you want. Um, this is quite challenging for those who are a bit, um, you know, a bit, a bit enabled to, to, to have very artistic qualities in terms of drawing and stuff. But it was a fun exercise nonetheless, and you get to laugh at your bad drawings. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it, it even reminds you, like, it's not a drawing lesson, but allowing yourself to create your reality and letting you manifest um, that into your life and making it real. So... During the exercise, while you're busy designing and coloring, you need to feel, you need to try and like envision the satisfaction of creating a balance between debts and expenses and future expenses and the means of payment that you create, right? And you need to imagine that as if it were a real payment of your expenses and debt. The point of this exercise to, is to get you into the space of feeling uh, envisioning and then making a reality of the fact that you do have zero debt, right? So this is, this is the, these are the steps that they, you know, this meditation is encouraging you to get rid of all the things that hold you back from your potential and from being abundant and living a more abundant life because there's very many different forms of abundance. And the problem is we live in a world where abundance to us means material wealth and there's so much more to that. Anyway, this is all part of the journey, so I'm not going to say anything more in terms of that. And then there's obviously a mantra, um, which you say over during the meditation, and he does sort of remind you, um, which is existence, consciousness, and bliss. And he explains it perfectly in the video. I'm not going to go into that detail. Um, so, and with that, you're supposed to have an affirmation and a mantra that you sort of keep repeating to yourself um, the whole day until it's sort of sunk in and repetition is a great way of ensuring that your mind absorbs everything um so day five your your activity was to make a list of the people you consider to be prosperous in your family or in your environment and these should be people you know personally or you have access to they have achieved something admirable in your life all or in part and are happy to be perceived by you to be happy so it's important that we're not just talking about financial prosperity, right? So remove this idea that money and material wealth equal uh, abundance and, and prosperity. The obligatory component is the joy and the happiness that this person is experiencing or perceived by you to be experiencing. So this, I'm sure there's going to be overlaps um, from the people from your day one list. 
Um, how many does not matter. Even two people who really, really you perceive to be happy is enough. Just remember the more attention that you give and reflection you do for these simple activities, the greater the return. And then there's a bunch of questions that, um, that you sort of are asked to either answer um, in your notebook or simply answer them in your mind. So the first question is, what does it mean to you to be immersed in pure consciousness? How can you bring this awareness into your everyday life? And how has the practice of meditation helped you connect with pure consciousness? Okay, so these are some very, very thought-provoking questions. And the point is here for you to really think about it. Don't be quick to answer this. It's not an essay. It's not an examination. It's a reflection activity. It's time for you to give yourself time to grow your mind to be healthy, to grow your outlook on life to be healthy, to really get you to look inside to who you are and how this practice can help you get into a place where you are unperturbed and unfazed by, the, by, the, by your external environment and you don't allow that to affect your internal one, getting a hold of your emotions, your thought patterns and a lot of the things we spoke about in the episode that I interviewed Danny, right? So I loved, loved, loved the affirmation for, 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 for day five. And the affirmation was, from this moment forward, I invite unlimited abundance into my life. So can you imagine what the things you say or write can do for you? People always say that words have power, whether you write it, whether you speak it. What you put out there is what you attract. So from this moment forward, I invite unlimited abundance into my life. Now, if that doesn't strike you as something that is powerful, as something that you want to have in your life, then you need to reevaluate what this means to you. How, how do you make your plans happen? You write down your plans, you write down your goals, and you take small steps to achieving those goals, which will then help you achieve your vision and will give you abundance and success. Okay, and then the last thing was the mantra. The mantra of this recording was, the core of my being is the ultimate reality. Now, I must say that the first couple of days are really tough to get into because you're sort of listening to Deepak Chopra and a lot of these things are um, simplified forms, but they're also quite abstract ideas to sort of grasp. Um, and... It is tough, I won't lie, and you will, you will start to think, well, this, this doesn't seem really like effective or you won't really get into the, to the place where you feel like, oh, you know, I'm meditating and the core of my being is the ultimate reality. You might be like, what on earth does that even mean? But bear with it, stick with it. And as you go on, you'll start to understand why he says these things, um, why he's telling you to to repeat these things and you will start to see that there's a pattern being formed it's all about the things that you are calling into your life so day three day four and day five day one day two day three and day four and day five are all very closely interlinked they all sort of talk about um you recording the, the people who have a massive influence in your life, the things that have a massive influence in your life in terms of debt, and the way um, those help you to, to sort of how the, the things that you can do to help you remove the bad from your life and literally attract unlimited abundance into your life. So one might ask me, do I feel more abundant 
you know, since I did this meditation challenge? And I'll tell you, the answer is in the affirmative. Yes, I do feel more abundant. And the thing is, you should not go into this with any preconceived notions that you're going to come out of this and own 70 iPhones and 10 Macs or whatever you, you put material value on. You should think of this as coming out there with an open mind, expecting the best, right? Expecting whatever outcome will be the best and not putting any expectations because expectations is going to ruin the outcome. And I think it's very important for you to just go in there, take the deep dive, um, try and be as consistent as possible and follow it through, right? These are challenges for a reason. It's a challenge to see how much you can persevere, how resilient you can be in the face of obstacles. And it's also about you being able to say, you know what, I took this on, I did this, these were the outcomes. And also just being able to let go of the fact that you might not have achieved some of the things that you did. So one thing that I, you know, I want to say before I continue to do more episodes on this, um, and I think the next, the, the next couple of episodes, I am going to talk about um, the things that I didn't quite agree with um, in, on both aspects, the yoga challenge and the meditation challenge, things that I didn't quite feel were takeaways from me. But then again, I'm talking about this from a one-time experience. I'm thinking of doing this all over again. And I'm thinking of doing it soon, but not too soon because I have other things I'm working on. However, it's good when you do things a second time around because you get to pick up on the on the nuances and the subtleties that you may not have um, have observed the last time. So with that said, uh, I'd like to thank you all again for listening to my podcast, to this beautiful short um, episode that I've prepared for you today. And I can't wait to share what's on my mind next week with you. Again, thank you all for tuning into Wellness with Sylvie.